superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Rich Eisen Show with guest host Ben Lyons. It's so bad it's good. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. It's so bad it's good. Cold pizza, for example, right? Oh. And I feel like football falls in that category, even when it's so bad. It was still good last night to see football out there. Today's guest, NFL Network reporter Jim Trotter from the Athletic NBA, J.E. Skeets, ESPN NBA analyst Kendrick Perkins, executive director of the WNBA Players Association, Terry Jackson. And now, sitting in for Rich, it's Ben Lyons. Welcome back to the show. Ben Lyons in for Rich. Big weekend in the sports world. Hall of Fame inductees of the class of 2020 and 2021 being enshrined in Canton, Ohio. Team USA men's and women's basketball gets the gold. Asia Wilson. This woman is a gold medalist, WNBA MVP, WNBA Rookie of the Year, number one draft pick, a national champion, and the all-time leading scorer in South Carolina women's basketball history. They built a statue, and I believe she's 25 years old. That is ridiculous. You know what's ridiculous is when we were watching the game on Saturday, you and I made a comment when I looked up and saw Brittany Griner miss the shot. Didn't realize that's the only shot she missed all game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no skill. She's just all size. Oh, no. She's just, Wait a second. Pretty good. Like a clean sheet in the gold medal 28, game. 28, 30 Incredible. points. Incredible. I love seeing the speeches this weekend out in Canton, Ohio. That's the highlight for me, obviously, is seeing these men that we have honored and, and admired throughout their entire career show emotion and break down and show appreciation and humility uh, in a sport that doesn't often celebrate it. Jim Trotter from the NFL Network was on the ground out there in Canton, Ohio. Did you get a little misty seeing Charles Woodson sing to his mom up there on that stage, Jim? <laughs> I don't know that I got misty, but you get goosebumps. Um, it's always the Hall of Fame weekend is always my for me, the most special weekend on the NFL calendar because it's the most exclusive club in professional sports. And when you see these greats around each other and you see them sort of let down their guard that oftentimes they may have up with the media during the course of their career, um, it's just, it, it's, I can't begin to put it into words for you all. Um, and as a voter, it, it, you know, I never really understood the impact that this honor has on these men until after Chris Carter got elected in. And I tell this story that that following fall, I was sent down to work on a, a feature on uh, Giovanni Bernard. And he was 
friends with Chris's family growing up and whatnot. And so we went down to interview Chris at his home in Florida. And during a break in the shooting, he takes me back into his, his office. And on the desk in his office is a photo album from that weekend um, during the Hall of Fame ceremonies when he was inducted. And as he talked about it, you know, his eyes started to well up and tears started to fall. And you just realize what that honor means to them, no matter what the, these men have accomplished on the field and, and that sort of thing. Um, this is something that's really important to them and means a lot. And um, again, as part of it, it means that they are part of the greatest club or most exclusive club in professional sports. Jim Trotter joins the show, NFL Network, of course, the host of the Huddle and Flow podcast. We all got to see in the comforts of our own home these speeches on stage, but being on the ground in Canton, Ohio for the weekend's festivities, I would imagine you got to see some things behind the scenes. Any encounters in the hotel lobby or off stage uh, that our audience you think would, would appreciate? No, you know, they keep these guys on a fairly tight schedule. Um, during Hall of Fame weekend, there's so many things for them to do. And actually, it's almost like these guys need a vacation when it's over because um, it, it, it's actually kind of a grind. It's a pleasant grind, but it's a grind uh, where there are so many functions and different things that they have to attend. So, um, no, the, you know, the best part for me um, is kind of after these guys get inducted in when they come back. And now they can really just kind of kick back and enjoy the weekend, and you may see him on a golf course, or you may see him, you know, out at dinner or something like that, or at one of the parties um, that, that the inductees are throwing. And you can just have honest conversations about things that maybe they wouldn't open up about when they were playing. And um, so I enjoy those moments. And, you know, it's funny, I live out here in San Diego, and one of the guys who lives out here is, is Damani Dawson, the Steelers Hall of Fame Center. And we both like to golf, so we'll try and get together a couple times a month. And just to be able to spend time with these guys and, and, and to see that human part of them where, you know, you take the helmet off and, and you learn what they're really about. I wish everyone could do that. Well, it's incredible to see them, like you said, have those human moments be shared on a big stage like that. But it's also incredible to see the appreciation for family. And you hear how Kurt Warner was thinking of, you know, giving it all up because it was too much of a toll on his family. Um, walk us through sort of just the importance of family to these guys. You spend so much time with Hall of Famers. You're a Hall of Fame voter. When you hear Peyton get up there, start crying, mentioning his dad, just the family that goes into supporting the, the football dreams of all these players. Yeah, the thing is, these guys don't make it alone. And so when you heard Jimmy Johnson say, that he never had an opportunity to see his sons play youth football. And I shouldn't say never had an opportunity, but never took the opportunity to see them play youth football because he said he wanted to outwork everyone and to realize later what that meant to him and what he had missed out on. You know, to hear um, Troy Palomalo talk about being the best, best man that he could uh, for his wife, setting that example for his kids to see what, you know, how a man should treat a woman and his wife, those sorts of things. Um, it's incredible. One of the other things that, that for me resonated was when you heard Bill Cower talking about Marty Schottenheimer, and he talked about Pat Schottenheimer, Marty's wife, how she took him and his family under her wing. One thing about the Schottenheimer family and having covered them 
is that they truly viewed football and the teams that they were on as family. And I joke with Pat that she was sort of the mother hen. You know, she oversaw everyone. So um, it, these families sacrifice a lot for these, these players to be where they are. And that's why, for instance, when Drew Brees retired, I tweeted out and said, you know, a person we should be giving the flowers to, uh, as well as Drew, is his wife. Knowing Drew the way that I do, having covered him since he came into the league, you know, Brittany allowed him to be the most dedicated player that he could be. And if you know Drew Brees, he put everything he had into being a great player in terms of his time, his energy, his commitment. And when a family has young kids, um, somebody has to be there to be that rock on a day-to-day basis while the husband is out doing what he's doing. And so to me, Brittany Brees was so important to what Drew was able to accomplish. And it's not just just Brittany. You can go down the line with all of these families in terms of what the wives and the kids have given up to allow their husband or their father to be successful at a really high level. So I thought it was great to um, <clears throat> to hear these men pay homage to to their families you know you heard john lynch do it with his wife and um i think it's tremendous you know because i don't think they get enough credit for what they sacrifice in terms of allowing these men to become the players that they become jim trotter from the nfl network huddle and flow podcast joins the show ben lyons in for rich on the rich eisen show let's stick with the family of the new orleans saints if you're the saints and you wake up to some cryptic tweets from michael thomas on a monday morning how do you react I think what the first thing you do is you don't overreact. Um, look, <clears throat> there is a lot of speculation about what's going on with Michael Thomas and whatnot. All I can tell you is that when I was down at training camp, you know, I talked to Sean Payton about it. Sean loves Michael Thomas. Um, he knows that he's a sensitive individual. He can be an emotional individual. But Sean feels he has a special relationship with Michael Thomas. So while we on the outside may overreact to things, uh, Sean is not one of those people that's going to overreact to, to any of that. So I can't tell you what Michael meant by that. Only he can. Um, I do know this. When you talk to folks, uh, he's tremendously hardworking. Um, he cares about his teammates. But he's gone through some things. And, you know, I'm not going to get into all of them here. But um, I think what he said is true. We don't have both sides of the story. We only know what was put out there. And I always come back to this, too, to be honest with you. You know, when we say we don't have both sides of the story, it's not that we as journalists don't attempt to get both sides of the story. It may be that the player at that time is not ready to give his side of the story. And oftentimes that happens. And that's why the Hall of Fame is so great, because sometimes stories that that they wouldn't address during their careers, they will speak about when it's all over. So I don't know specifically what's happening or what Michael meant behind that tweet. I just know until we hear from him, I don't think anyone should overreact. Another camp I know you've been covering this year is out in Cleveland. The Cleveland Browns have expectations. Is it Super Bowl or bust for the Browns? That sounds like a wild thing to say. Yeah, no one out there framed it that way to me that it's Super Bowl or bust, but clearly expectations are high there. And this is a team that, um, you know, had success at the end of the year. But what Kevin Stefanski told me one of the things he said to his team coming into camp is, look, we have a lot of work to do. Let's not forget, we finished in third place in our division. You know, so we've got two clubs in our own division that are ahead of us. 
So there's work to do. And then you look at the fact that defensively, they could have potentially nine new starters. How quickly will it take for all of these players to assimilate and to gel and to become the unit that they want to become? What I do know, a positive sign, the first day of training camp when they put on pads, um, you're talking about a defense with so many new faces matching up against an offense that returns virtually everyone. And the defense wreaked havoc that day. So that is a positive for the Browns going forward. It doesn't mean anything, but yet at the same time, it does mean something in terms of what the potential of this unit can be. Andrew Berry, their GM, did a tremendous job in terms of going out and getting the type of players that they feel they need to be successful defensively. They knew in year one of the Berry-Stefanski tandem that they wanted to try and address the offense to put parts around Baker Mayfield for him to be successful. And it was kind of implicitly understood that it was going to take at least a year to get the parts that they need defensively. But they've gone out this year and they've done that. So this is a team to me that's going to be fun to watch this year. Jim Trotter joins the show, NFL Network. Ben Lyons in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. You can check out Jim's podcast, Huddle and Flow. I want to ask you about this Lamar Jackson situation in Baltimore because uh, the news coming out that he's now been diagnosed with COVID-19 for a second time, yet remains unvaccinated. What are your thoughts as someone who's covered the league for so long, the story of vaccinated and unvaccinated players heading into this NFL season? You know, I've tried not to, to overreact to all of this. I can only speak from a personal standpoint. I wish everyone would get vaccinated. Um, when you start to see the numbers trend upward again, and not even trend, in some cases spike upward again, um, it's concerning. And, you know, I really have questions about whether or not we're going to have an entire season of open stadiums. Because when you see large gatherings, and then the data shows that after many of these large gatherings, the COVID numbers spike in those areas. It makes me concerned that we may not have open stadiums for a full season. And if there's one thing for me personally, um, it's just not the NFL without the fans <clears throat> in the stadium. And so safety comes first, and I'm hoping <clears throat> that everyone will vaccinate and that we can get through a season where we have open stadiums. But I don't know what Lamar's reasons are for being unvaccinated. Um you know, obviously we've heard all the different reasons that people have given out there. But for me, you know, I don't want to go too far and say that it's selfish, but in some, there are occasions where I feel like it's that way because it's not about just you. It's about those who you could infect and what impact it could have on them. So, um, again, personally speaking, I would hope that Lamar and, and, and all of the players would get vaccinated, but, you know, to each his own. Jim, we appreciate you taking some time. I know you're down in San Diego, so a 12 noon tea time is in the cards today, or are you going with twilight rate? No, nah, there's no golf today, man. It's work to do. <laughs> well, we appreciate you for uh, for making some time from the workday uh, to spend it with us and hope you do get back on the golf course soon. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me. Jim Trotter from the NFL Network, Huddle and Flow podcast. He was out there in Canton, Ohio, talking about the state of the NFL today as well as the history around some of these legends who were inducted this weekend. And yeah, I'm glad he recognized that family is such a theme of the weekend yeah, and uh, of these football players' lives. Um, you mentioned Drew Brees' wife who sacrificed so much. And there's so many people that go into all of our success, not just the success of Hall of Fame football players, but, you know, you could be a... Uh, you know, it could be an audio engineer who wishes that they were back at a Billy Joel concert, but you need the support of other people 
to get through the day. So we're here for you, Del Tufo. Thank you. I need it today. We're here for you. I need it today. We're here for you. Uh, all right, we got Jay Skeets, my buddy from No Dunks, The Athletic, going to check in with us next. Does a great job covering the world of basketball along with the formerly the starters. Now they're the No Dunks crew. I love this dude. We're excited to catch up with Skeets coming up next right here on The Rich Eisen Show. Don't go anywhere. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit gametime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You met Prince, correct? Yeah, what yeah. Were, we, I, what's I, the story I, behind that? You know, I, I can't remember how we met initially, mm-hmm. but after our first encounter... He made sure that I was at every house party that he had in Los Angeles. And if he knew that I was in town, like in New York, he made sure that I was at every uh, show he performed at Madison Square Garden. I'll never forget, we were at Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. Security came to, me, to my seat at the end of the show, or towards the end of the show, and said, Prince wants you to come on stage. I was like, okay. Yeah, he wants you to come on stage now. Oh, all right, so I'll go on stage. It's me, Whoopi Goldberg. Cornell West, have a smiley, bunch of other people on stage. And we went to this after hour spot after the concert, a place called Village Underground in, in the sure. village. Sure, oh, it's famous. Yeah. And so, you know, because Prince likes to jam afterwards. Well, Prince just went to go listen to the musicians. And so it's Prince, his assistant, myself. And I see Prince lean over to his assistant. And then all of a sudden, the assistant leans over to me and says, uh, I don't know why I do this voice, but it's like, Prince wants you to come back and have pasta and pizza. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. And then Prince got up and left, and she got up and left. I don't know why her voice is so deep, because it was a woman. That's she right. got up and she left. Because you and, were summoned. Yes. You were summoned by royalty. And there was, you know, an array of people. 
uh, in the living room, and I went back to find Prince, and he was back there holding court with Tavis Smiley and Cornell West, and he looked up and he like smiled and gave me the peace sign, and I went back in, and we had pasta and pizza at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> wow! How did Prince like his pizza? Um, this is very important. It, no, the first, toppings first off, it's a window into one first soul. Off, there was no meat on the pizza, and I didn't okay. see Prince eat any pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we would go to his house, man, for, for the house parties, and it'd be Stevie Wonder playing the piano, uh, uh, Malcolm Jamal Warner on bass, uh, you know, Ra- uh, Rochelle Farrell singing lead, you know, uh, uh, Harry Connick Jr. playing bongos. No, 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 that was uh, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> yeah, no, Matthew McConaughey. I'm sorry. I get him confused sometimes. But it was just amazing, man. And then you would then just like five o'clock in the morning, his chef is serving you breakfast. You're like, why am I at Prince's house at five o'clock in the morning, man? It, 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 was, it was truly uh, a, an, an amazing uh, relationship uh, that not only myself, but other people had with him. I'm just glad that it was pizza and pasta. It wasn't like a game of telephone, like Prince yeah. asked you to do something. <laughs> and came back pizza and pasta through his no. assistant. Anthony, Prince wants you to come back to the hotel and have pasta and pizza. <laughs> That's how it came to me. During the break, T.J. Jefferson just revealed <laughs> that the best scrambled eggs he ever had in his house was at four. Uh, was four in the morning at Puff Daddy's house? Actually, yeah, the best star. scrambled eggs of your life, yeah. huh? Star Island in Miami. Best scrambled eggs of all. Best time. scrambled eggs you ever had four in the morning at Puff Daddy's house. Holler. That He's, makes sense. I see. I still call him Puff Daddy too. But is it is it Diddy? Is it Puffy? It's, it's like love right now. Yeah. Going by brother love. It's love right Just now. Love. Oh, really? He's yeah. Love, oh, I missed that. When did that happen? He's Couple got more names ago. than Prince did. <laughs> Prince <laughs> only had two mics. That's what I'm saying. Right. Well, <laughs> more names than Prince, you got a problem. But here's the difference between yeah. me and Brockman. Brockman had so many questions. What? What do you mean? That's ridiculous. <laughs> You said the best scrambled eggs you've ever had yeah. were at four in the morning at Puff Daddy's house in Miami. I was like, all right, that makes sense. <laughs> you were like cool and Brockman was like, wait, what? No, no, yeah, no. I mean, would you not have expected this from T? Come on. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, like, what made them so good? Was it a special were, type of oh, cheese? Brockman, like, when they were light, like the they were fluffy. I, and maybe it's just because it was four in the morning and you're really hungry. But I just recall going, these are some good eggs, you know. Joining the show right now from the Athletic, <laughs> J.E. Skeets on with Ben Lyons on the Rich Eisen Show. Skeets, you ever had Puff Daddy's eggs at four in the morning in Miami? No, I haven't, but I'm starving now. Here, you guys talk about eggs for the last couple minutes. I appreciate you taking some time to uh, to check in today. Uh, as Team USA, both the men and the women, fresh off their gold medals uh, over in Tokyo, what are your thoughts on uh, just seeing basketball on the Olympic stage and seeing the United States dominate? Well, did they? Well, the women, yes, dominated. Uh, they win gold every single time. Damn impressive team. The men's, I thought, was a really fun tournament, and I think it was helped out by them losing those exhibition games and then, of course, losing to France in the opener and then getting sweet revenge there in the finals. Uh, I loved it. It was always difficult to figure out when the game was on and whether or not I had the uh, platform to watch it, but once I figured that out, uh, I love the international game. I'm a huge fan of the 40-minute game. And uh, just a better flow to it in general, I think. So I, I enjoyed it, even though I'm a Canadian and I was sad my team didn't make it. Well, there are some rumblings that this uh, gold medal for Team USA should have an asterisk because R.J. Barrett and Team Canada not in the tournament. <laughs> what like happened? What happened to R.J.'s squad? It, it is R.J.'s squad now, even though he just turned 21, yeah? Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, he's, his dad is, of course, heavily involved in the uh, Canadian men's national team, too. Uh, unfortunately... 
Thomas Sandoransky hit a crazy bank shot over Lou Dort to uh, put the Czech Republic uh, into the, uh, basically into the Olympics and taking Canada's spot. But I'm excited for the future of Canada basketball. But yeah, back to Team USA. Uh, it was awesome. I thought all the games were pretty competitive, and it turns out having Kevin Durant on your team means you have a good chance of winning gold, because I don't think they win it without him. I want to stay on Canada because as a card-carrying Canadian, how are you handling with the departure? How are you handling the departure of Kyle Lowry? Yeah, I'm going through it right now. I can tell uh, on your timeline. You've been tweeting a lot about it. It's a lot of emotions. Well, yeah. I mean, it sounds silly, but I have the receipts. The tweets are the receipts. Um, it took like two games for Kyle Lowry to play in a Raptors uniform for me to be like, this guy's awesome. Like, he just sort of – like. It's cliche, but he like plays harder than a lot of the other guys uh, in the league, and I'm so happy that he's on a on my team as a Raptors fan and, and being from Toronto. So to then see him, you know, flourish there, all star appearances, all NBA, but then come up short in a lot of like playoff series, not being able to get over the LeBron hump, uh, to then ultimately win it all and have like an sort of an iconic moment in that game six in Oakland there where he scored the first 11 points to see him then win the title was like, wow, it was, it was, it was amazing. And I was like legit emotional for as weird as that is as a grown man watching sports, but to now see him go, I'm not, uh, nobody's upset with it. Go get your payday. He'll eventually make his way back. I'm sure to play like uh, 20 games with the Raptors before he ultimately hangs it up. And then they retire his Jersey number and all that. But uh, yeah, it's been a, you know, it was a little roller coaster ride. I think I said my goodbyes at the trade deadline, uh, and then they didn't trade them. So I've sort of already gone through it uh, once or twice now here. Good morning, Sweet World. J.E. Skeets joins the show. You know him from the No Dunks crew on The Athletic. And, J.E., I was excited to have you on here, Skeets, because the, uh, the, the crackpot staff here at the Rich Eisen Show is always pitching me on different business ventures. It's a really okay. high, uh, powerful, you know, <laughs> high-powered group of where Hollywood you, where players. Where are you going with this? Well, you guys are always throwing out ideas. Hey, should we spend $12,000 on this box of cards because we might get an Anthony Edwards rookie? <laughs> or, hey, should we put all of your per diem for doing the show on Top Shots? Yes. You know, there are all these new bu business ventures. And Skeets, you're at the center of a lot of these around basketball. So what are you enjoying that's happening around the game, whether it's Top Shots or trading cars or breaking tees or all this other stuff? You seem to have your hands... In a lot of this, you're like the puff daddy of basketball business. <laughs> yeah, where do you try the eggs I'm going to make you guys for <laughs> in the that, morning? Take um, no, I do not have my hands in a lot of this stuff. Top shot, yes. Uh, TK, Trey, I think you had him on the uh, the show maybe last week. Mm -hmm. um, the guy that obviously does the show, No Dunks With Me, Tass and Lee. He got me into top shot. You know, credit goes to him. Like way back in February, he's younger, he's more in the know. And he's like, I don't know, this thing, it's like licensed with the NBA. NFTs, blockchain, it's like all over my head. I'm too old. But I started looking into it, and I was like, classic at first. I'm like, dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Why would I want to, like, quote, unquote, pay and own a clip where I could just watch it online? But then, you know, you, you look into it a little bit more, and it starts to make sense. And, of course, there is the trading card sort of element to it that most of us did when we were kids. And I was like, sort of got hooked. I was like, yeah, this is fun. I like the idea of collecting. I love the idea of collecting an NFT because... I hate having things in my house that I don't need. Um, like, I'm not, like, a minimalist by any means, but I just, like, have no attachment to, like, actual things usually. So I'm like, just get rid of it, get rid of it, get rid of it. This is a cool way to collect because it's just all digital. So, yeah, I got my Raptors moments, got my Lowry's and stuff like that. And Top Shot back in February sort of, like, mooned and it took off. And, you know, it's come back since. 
but I find it a lot of fun, and Trey and I make content out of it where we rip these packs online and give away a bunch of moments. So, you know, it's basketball at the end of the day. I love basketball, so it's uh, been fun for us. You guys have been ripping packs way before it was the trend. You guys have been right. deep in basketball cards for a minute. Is it wild now that I know someone who spent $10,000 on Kendrick Nunn rookie cards because he thinks that's going to pay off? Like People are making big bets on some of these players. Who do you think is, is a guy that Brockman and TJ should spend all their money on? Oh, my goodness. Like on actual, real, like cardboard cards? Is that what we're talking about here? Cardboard card, digital NFT. I know Brockman thinks that the LaMelo uh, business is going to put his kid in college in 20 years. Uh, Where where do you think the future stars are going in the NBA when it comes to some of these, you know, other businesses? Well, I mean, it's I love the thinking of, like, it's a no-brainer with your LaMelo's and your Luca's and probably your Zion's and stuff like that, like, my whole, like, if you want to call it game plan with Top Shot was, like, Series 1. This is the start of this. If this actually lasts for 20 years, then how could Series 1, basically the rookie, you know, NFT for a lot of these players, their first moment on Top Shot, how could that not have value in the future? Now, whether or not that pays off, who knows, but that was my whole plan. So I was just trying to get as many sort of young stars that I think people also like. Because that was another thing. It was like, oh, you know, you better get Jonas Valanciunas' Series 1 moment. I'm like, I love Valanciunas. He's not a cool player. Like, people want Booker. They want Zach Levine. They want Donovan Mitchell. They want that, those type of guys. So that was my whole game plan. But, yeah, I mean, LaMelo and, and actual true rookies, and I don't know if you've seen any Summer League. I know I've been sort of, like, just starting to dabble in it here as it started. Like, yeah, you, you, you just bet on some of these kids like that, like Jalen Green in this first game looks amazing. You're like, who knows what his career could be. J.E. Skeets joins the show from The Athletic, part of the No Dunks crew. You mentioned Summer League. You had a great tweet that I highlighted here. There's a special place in heaven for people who watch NBA Summer League. What is that place in heaven? Describe it for the rest of us. Oh, my goodness. I, yeah, a little tongue-in-cheek. This is like one of the first Summer Leagues I haven't been to in a long time. We used to take our show out there when we were the starters. You would miss, uh, it. You would miss half-court shots annually in front of the Summer League uh, crowd. How dare you? How dare you? I hit the rim a couple times, Ben, um, on those half-court shots. Uh, It's just like, it's so funny. I'm watching it at home, and I'm like, I sort of miss it, and then I'm enjoying it. And on the other hand, I'm like, oh, God, thank God I'm not there. Like, we would go to Vegas for like 13 or 14 days straight. That'll kill a man. Um, And, yeah, you want to go to Vegas, Vegas, you know, everybody knows. Two, three, four days tops. Uh, but yeah, two weeks was a lot. So I'm not, I don't miss that part. But it is a. It's like if you have never gone and you are a basketball sicko like I am, try and get there with friends at some point. Again, for a couple days, don't stay for the whole thing because it is. It's just a blast. Uh, sort of how up close you would get to a lot of these you know players and just even other NBA superstars that like just roll into the building. It's not like you you're not obviously going up to them and shaking their hand or taking photos like you're Ben Lyons taking a photo with every celebrity on earth. But hey, this guy, you're there. Hey-o. How do you do that? It's amazing, Ben. It's cool. When you're old enough and you've been around, it's like Carmelo. He's got an Oklahoma jersey, a Houston jersey, a Portland jersey now. I'm going to have to pick up a purple and gold Lakers jersey. You've been around the block. You know, you get your picture taken, I guess. I just is. love it. Every time you have a photo with every celebrity that's ever walked on earth, <laughs> and I yeah. love it. I respect it. I wish I could collect those, like Top Shot moments. No, you've been part of the Basketball Jones crew now for, what, 11 years. I've been fired from so many places. <laughs> that's the difference. 
I work a lot well, of different places. You've been with the same three morons for the last 10 years. So Yeah, yeah. No, even longer. If we're talking uh, Tass and JD, our producer, we're looking at 15, 16 years together. So uh, no, that's a good point. Now, we've unfortunately also been fired. We just stay together and go to a different place. But Well, what's great about you guys is that while you might have a new, you know, new scenery over there at The Athletic as opposed to NBA TV, the spirit of what it is you guys do remains the same. And I think through advancements in technology grows even stronger. Um, talk to me a little bit just about what it is you guys are up to and what you're looking for when you watch these games, because I feel like anybody who listens to your podcasts or watches your shows learns to speak your language around the game of basketball. Yeah, I like to hear that. Um, yeah, we've been doing this show for a long time now. At its core, it's just a bunch of buddies that love basketball talking about hoops. Um, I like to think we do a pretty good job of balancing, you know, actually some knowledge of the game because we've watched it for so long and we're old and, and like can form an opinion about the game. But then pairing that with just like the hilarity around the NBA, both on and off the court. And, uh, you know, it's pretty light. And it's like, again, the best compliment we ever get is like, Oh, listening to your show or watching your show is just like hanging out with buddies at the bar, like talking about the game. That's sort of how we do it exactly like you guys do. So that's cool. Um, yeah, we've, you know, a couple of things that we've, we've been doing this so long that some terms we've come up with, mainly wedgie has uh, sort of entered the basketball lexicon, which is the ball getting stuck between the rim and the backboard. And there are like other little weird things. Uh, and that's just, just because we do a daily show and we do a lot of hours talking about hoops and there's enough people that enjoy the show and, it sort of sticks. And I guess we're all online too and tweeting all that stuff. So it's just, I mean, I got the best job in the world. I mean, it's great. I like every day I wake up, I'm like, somebody pays me to do something I was doing anyway, <laughs> like watching games and talking about them with my friends. So it's a, it's a pretty good job if you can get it. Well, now it's even getting better for you skis because in addition to covering the NBA, the WNBA, the world, of top shot, the Olympics, the summer league, you're going deep on the world of fast and furious. Nice. Nice plug for our new summer podcast. Have you, have, yeah. have you not been living your life a quarter mile at a time? At a, what uh, do you mean? I absolutely had not been for 40 years on this planet. Um, I realized at some point, you know, I don't know when, like over the last year, I was like, wow, I've never seen a Fast and Furious movie. Like, that's, that's just strange. I mean, it's not like I'm like, oh, I'm only watching, you know, the fine arts. Uh, you know, I grew up in Stratford, Ontario. I like the theater, but I'll also watch crappy movies or weird movies. And I was like, that's strange. Trey is a diehard. Like, he's a Fast and Furious freak. So I was like, this could be a funny podcast series during the summer when there's very little basketball going on that we sit down. I watch them for the first time. And then Trey's the expert. He rewatches them along with JD, our producer. And then we just talk about them. So, yeah, we uh, just before jumping on with you here, we just finished – uh, the Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, third one in the series. I know that's a very polarizing one. So, yeah, we're wake, we're making our way through these movies. I gotta say, I'm loving them. I can see why they're, uh, you know, they got their fans. So, oh, just yeah. just wait till Tyrese goes to space. You're in for a treat. Those movies are the best. J.E. Skeets joins the show. Uh, you know him, of course, from the Athletic, the No Dunks crew. Getting back to the world of actual basketball. Does Isaiah Thomas go for 81, going for 81 in a, in a semi-pro game or going for 65 down at the Peach Bowl? Like, does, he, does he get a shot in the league again because of what he's doing on Instagram and on Twitter, showing up at these, these semi-pro leagues around the summer <sighs> all year long? It's possible. I mean, I know what Jamal Crawford was doing that for a long time, uh, sort of similar things, those crazy box scores just lighten up these leagues. Uh, yeah, I think he'll get another, you know, 
another chance. He's not, he can't, I mean, I don't have it in front of me. I can't imagine he's that old. Um, so, sure. I mean, it is wild to think about his career and, like, what he was doing on the Celtics and what the, the playoff moments he was having uh, during a very difficult time, if I remember correctly, with the passing of his sister and stuff like that and his own injuries, to then just sort of how quickly a guy that's proven to be one of the best in the world at his sport, sort of just how, you know, how incredibly it can just go away from you. And, uh, you know, you bounce around to a couple teams and just sort of can never uh, hang on to that job. But all that said, yeah, I, let's put it this way. I don't think scoring 80 points in whatever type of game that somebody's filming is going to hurt your chances of uh, getting another crack on a roster. So, yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't know where it'll be, but somebody will, somebody will need, like, there'll be, a, like, a breaking case of emergency, like, get him in here and, uh, you know, just whether or not he gets another opportunity once he's there. I hope so, man. I'm rooting for yeah. IT. You know, he's 32 years old, which means that he might be too young to join the Lakers. <laughs> there is like a height requirement on a ride. There's an age requirement. <laughs> Carmelo passed with flying colors. Where were you when the news broke, Skeets, that Melo was coming to the Lakers? Do you remember? Um, <laughs> I think it happened right before one of our daily shows when we were doing our free agency roundups. It was one you could see coming from a mile away, especially after the Westbrook deal, especially after there was a bunch of uh, positions open on the Lakers roster, and you were like, well, they don't got a lot of money left. It's going to be going to a lot of guys uh, like, a, like a Mello. I called Wayne Ellington. That was the one I kept saying for weeks. Oh, they're bringing in a shooter like Wayne Ellington. He's coming back. Didn't see the Ariza one coming in that uh, and, and Dwight, but uh, I like it. I know you're a fan of Mello. I love Mello, too, so... Him finally playing with LeBron, which I think is what people have been hoping would happen over the last couple of years at least, like just to see it. Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be great. Um, and he's still decent. I mean, he's like a 40% three-point shooter when he was in uh, with the Blazers there. He's going to get shots on the Lakers. It's just whether or not they'll be able to stop anybody. That's going to be the issue. They need, a, they need an elite year from Anthony Davis being on the floor and then playing like, you know, defensive player of the year like defense back there for them to stop anybody because, oh, my goodness. Uh the perimeter is not going to be that great on lockdown. No, you're so right, Skeets. All the attention, of course, on the old guys. But really, is AD a top five player? If yep. they figure that out, the Lakers will figure it out. But you got to love the inspiration from Melo. I mean, Chris Brockman, a diehard Celtics fan, he's rooting for the Lakers this year. It's awesome to see. You love it. Stop so, it, stop uh, it. lastly, what we have you, <laughs> we have you on here. Uh, being a, a Canadian, we're talking a lot of Pro Football Hall of Fame. You big pinball Clemens guy. A lot of Argonauts memories in your youth. Please tell me you have a photo with Pinball Clemson. <laughs> no, that's where, that's where the Rolodex runs dry, sadly. Oh, man. He's actually a really sweet guy. He's a really nice guy. Um, no, got to be honest here with you. Yeah. Uh, Canadian football never really grabs your heart, huh? No. Well, look, look, I'm a weird Canadian as it is that I don't care about hockey. Like, I grew up in Stratford. Small town. You know, the hockey team was the thing in Stratford. And... Uh, you know, I got weak ankles. Uh, it was an expensive sport to play. These are all my reasons why I never got into it. Um, so I just don't even care about the NHL. <laughs> CFL, okay, I keep my eye on it. We got a great cup. Those are usually good games. Okay, fun. But, yeah, I don't know what pinball's up to, unfortunately, nowadays, Ben. Oh, you are the perfect guy, though, before we say goodbye, to answer this question because you are an expert on all mm -hmm. things NBA, all things WNBA, the world of basketball culture, especially when it comes to online journalism. You know a laundry list of people who cover the NBA. You yep. are also a passionate historian when it comes to the television show Survivor. So yep. which NBA reporter do you think would do well on Survivor? Wow. Never been asked this one. I like that one. <laughs> 
I thought you were going to go with the classic, you know, Scott Pollard's been on, Cliff Robinson has been on, um, you know, other athletes. I think those may be the only NBA guys. Which, so, I mean, do we just go down, like, is it just who does better, Woj or Shams? Well, who would so you who would you build an alliance with? Would you trust Woj or Shams? You couldn't trust either of those guys. They're always spreading the news. They want to be first. You know, I'm going to make an alliance with them. They're going to go behind my back and tell the world, tell the rest of the tribe. I think I go Shams, though, if I'm... Uh, Having to pick between those two, you know, Shams is younger than Woj. I, I have a feeling he's going to do better in challenges, so that's maybe going to help our chances of uh, avo- avoiding some tribal council. So I'll go Shams. Skeets, we appreciate you taking some time, man. man. Any, any excuse we get to bring up Pinball Clemens, we'll take it. So thank you. <laughs> Sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me on. J.E. Skeets, part of the No Dunks crew. I love those dudes. They got a good thing going on the athletic, talking hoop. Creating the wet. Well, he's right. Wedgie in basketball now. People kind of notice Black. it. Rennie gets oh, stuck yeah. right in the rim there. All right, we got Kendrick Perkins calling in. I want to get back to some of this Michael Thomas stuff. We've also got Terry Jackson, executive director of the WNBPA. We're going to talk about some of the fun things that the WNBA have planned for the second half of the season that I think some other sports could take uh, could take a page from. We'll get into all of it next. It's Ben Lines in for Rich. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This summer, I'm doing a, um, a mixtape mm-hmm. called Basketballs. Okay. Where all are like, I'm going to get a bunch of basketball Can I, players. Can, you you want to uh, do an intro or something? No, I would like to be part of it. You play instrument? I do not. All right. <laughs> what can you do? Can you rap? Uh, I've, I I believe I've got bars. For a Grammy award-winning artist, I believe. Do we have? Do We we don't you have that. bars, too? I'll, I'll pull it in. It? I'll oh, pull it in. On. Yeah, you, Ice-T was on the podcast version Ice-T of this don't show. count. <laughs> <laughs> what? What do you mean he doesn't count? What do you mean Ice T doesn't count? Ice T don't count, man. <laughs> why? Because he's been in an insurance commercial. <laughs> I mean, is that why? And so many other things. <laughs> when you've been in Law and Order, you don't, you no longer count. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No yeah. kidding. <laughs> I didn't know that. Because I rapped for him, and he told me he made it seem like I had bars. Okay, yeah, roll, roll it, know. roll it for uh, for Baron Davis here, please. Go for it. Here we go. My name's Rich Eisen. I have a podcast. Miss a scheduled appearance, and I'll put you on blast. New York is my home, the island of Staten. I've conquered Bristol, even Manhattan. Now I'm on the West Coast, relaxing and chill, living on the mead streets of Beverly Hill. Oh man, rapping isn't my forte. In case you couldn't tell, I'm more relaxed on the network, NFL. 
That was cold right there. You way better than a lot of rappers that are making <laughs> yes! records right now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Look on Baron Davis's face right now. <laughs> it has not changed for all 40 seconds. You you want me in or not? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, Rich Eisen. You can be, hey, you can be on Ice T next hour. Ice T, man. That was, why did he you know say what? that to you? You know what? Because first of all, why he would was, he say that? He was just trying to not saying that the raps was bad, but it wasn't like it was a bad rap. It's a it's it's a good rap for a sports announcer, but for him to actually. Nice I, to be a hater. Are you saying that be game was not recognizing game? Is it no, what you're no, saying? No, no, yeah. I mean, that was just whatever game y'all was playing. You know was, why? Because <laughs> I was playing buddy ball. You know what I needed to do? I needed to. I needed to put my area code in there. Isn't that what the, is no, that what missing? The seven one eight. You had no hand movements. You had no swag. It's not just like words. You gotta like. You gotta feel what you're saying. Well, maybe I need to get. I'm gonna I, get you in the studio. Please. I'm putting you on this album. Will too. you do this? Yep. Will you please? Yep, I'm, I'm putting you on the intro. Look, on this I have been I've been invited to do things by people, and I then show up and do them. No, no, no. I got you. You I will. Got you. Yes. Now, who will do? I write myself. Like, how do I write it? No, we got you. You, you do. You'll help. You're a writer, so we'll we'll no, sit in and we we'll, we sit in the studio. We'll write, listen to the beat, mix it up, and then we'll put. You know, Baron nice Davis. Beat. This is going to happen. This is happening for sure. Welcome back to the show. We got Kendrick Perkins calling up in about 15 minutes. Be curious to hear his thoughts on Draymond Green giving him a shout out. Can we call it a shout out? What do you give him after the game? You shouted him out. Kind of. It's not the type of shout out you'd want, though. You know, although if I'm Kendrick Perkins and somebody won a gold medal and they shouted me out, it's kind of cool. I don't care what they say. It's kind of cool. I guess the reason for the shout out, not cool, though. Yeah, but what if it kind of caught on with Olympians that no matter your sport, let's say you win the downhill slalom, you shout out Kendrick Perkins. Like it becomes the <laughs> oh, right in passage for getting a gold medal. What if Kendrick Perkins cool. is the inspiration every gold medalist needs to right. get over the hump and get to the podium? <laughs> You're the meaning Imagine there's in my just, life. Imagine there's just a team of curlers who are sitting in the locker room just watching first take <laughs> to get inspired to go out there and You're curl. the inspiration. Hey, speaking of inspiration, we got to take a moment to acknowledge the McGee family. Can we yeah, do that on the show right yeah, now? Because sure. what they did sure. is we one of the coolest things that's ever been done. Pamela McGee won a gold medal in 1984 in Los Angeles for Team USA Women's Basketball. And then JaVel McGee won a gold medal for Team USA Men's Basketball in the 2020 games that were played in 2021 in Tokyo. It's incredible. The first mother-son duo to both win gold. Round of applause for the McGee no family. That is the stuff of legends. Did he play any minutes? He played it. Yo, stop, Rockman. No, come on. <laughs> We're what? taking a moment to honor him <laughs> winning a gold medal. Here comes Brockman. His mother won a gold medal. What, Mike? I mean, Brockman, did he play any minutes? I don't. He didn't. Not in the it, gold medal game, but in the in the in the Olympics, you don't just win a gold medal for winning that game. You win for the entire tournament. Hot take. You should only get the gold medal if you played in that game. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Rockman Hall of Fame is tough, man. It's an exclusive club, man. It's an exclusive, man. exclusive, I'm just exclusive club. I'm just kidding. Oh, man. Javel McGee. 
Would you be like Bam out of bio? Would you take your gold medal everywhere? You see him show up to Summer League just with the gold medal? I would, but I'd wear it around my neck. I thought the way that Bam was carrying <laughs> it, like it's it a around. cotton candy sitting in his seat, was ridiculous. <laughs> you put it around your neck. That's the whole point of it. The whole it's point. On, a, on a chain or a, a literally the whole point. A piece of string or <laughs> yeah. whatever it is, but just to hold it in your hand. What's wrong with that? Because people are going to want to see it. They're going to want to touch it. So it's just easier just to go here, hold it, here, hold it. Then You can see and touch it. It's on your neck. But to answer your question, yes. I I won a fantasy football championships, multiple, (laughs) and I would take the trophy with me everywhere I go. So if I won a gold medal? Oh, is that why you got recognized at Stella Barras? Because they recognize you from your fantasy football dominance? Yeah, I may have been there a few times. You know what I'm saying? Are you like the Cowboys, though? You hadn't won in like 20 years? No, Brockman. I won... Three years ago. Too okay. easy. Bugged by Mike. Yeah. Too easy. He Come just like, easy. walked me in. That was the theme of the weekend, too, out in Canton. It was, wow, the Cowboys have not been good for a long oh, time. Oh, whatever. That was is. definitely <laughs> a takeaway. Family, <sighs> sacrifice, yes. Yes. Uh, determination, mm-hmm. and wow, it's been since 1995. And yet we still, again, have more Super Bowl wins than all but, I think, six franchises. Settle down just a little So if bit. your team hasn't won past us in those 25, 30 years, then what are you doing well, You wrong? see all the Steelers fans out oh, there Tom in Brady's Ohio. Tom Brady's been playing. Yeah. Yeah. Towels, Palomalu, all the Steeler love, black and gold. You saw Steelers Brady, show up. You saw Brady out there supporting Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. the two most accomplished quarterbacks of their generation. How many quarterbacks? How many? How many Super Bowls have they win? Have they won? Just the two of them since the Cowboys lost nine. Nine. <laughs> nine. Yeah, just nine, nine between the two of those guys. Nine the Cowboys together. won. The nine in the twenty-five years. Man, so that's four. That's four teams in all that time. Again, where are the rest of the teams? What are the rest of the teams doing? You know, Dallas got that first Super Bowl, and think about this: it had only been twenty-two years since the Knicks had won a title. So think about how long ago that was. <laughs> For the Dallas Cowboys to win, it was only like 20 years after the Knicks. What won. comes first, a Knicks championship, oh. which I know you've said Woo. won't happen in your lifetime, but it might. A Knicks championship or a Hall of Famer who played the majority of his career with the Knicks, not Carmelo Anthony? Well, R.J. Barrett is yeah, going mean, to play. You knew this was coming, bro. Yeah, R.J. Barrett's a future coming. Hall of Famer. Everybody knows. Everybody <laughs> knows. No one doubts that. Everybody knows who knows about basketball <laughs> knows that R.J. Barrett is a future Hall of Famer. R.J. Barrett's a future Hall of Famer. Everybody knows this. We I thought you were going to go, what's going to happen first, him? a Cowboys Super Bowl or a Knicks NBA title? Well, well I think we already went down that route think, a few weeks yeah, ago. We like, I, th- I was actually surprised. Adam texted us over the weekend said he saw R.J. Barrett at the Grove, and I was like, don't tell Ben. He'll rush over and ask him if he needs anything. Well, Adam, your job is to get callers, right? Get him to call on the show. <laughs> what are you talking about? Does RJ know how much you love him? Uh, I did have an encounter with him at the NBA Awards right after he was drafted. Uh-huh. And I said, look in my eyes. Look in my eyes. You're the one, dude. Well, you were born the day I graduated high school. It's destiny. Like, you are the he's one. He's Neo? Like, look Neo? in your eyes, dog. <laughs> So that happened. And he, he looked in my eyes. I kept the eye contact, even though I was distracted by that beautiful dentistry he's got going on. Wow, that guy's orthodontist should be in the Hall of Fame. They should put R.J. Barrett and R.J. Barrett's orthodontist in the By Hall the way, of speaking of which, I, I made a post on Twitter this weekend and quoted a, a Cardi B song when they showed Mike Shanahan's uh, grill. Man, you want to talk about spending a bag on some teeth? I hope you knows this ain't cheap like Shanahan's grill 
You could have probably bought a small house somewhere with like, what he More spent. money spent on their mouth. Shanahan or Del Tufo? <laughs> <laughs> Mike's teeth are fan. Mike's teeth are perfect. perfect. Let me tell you but something. Mike, you paid for those. Not RJ Barrett, though. They're mine. I don't know no, what's he, going he, on he, with he, dentistry he, in Canada. <laughs> they have advancements north of the border. But Mike's got the best Barrett. teeth in this studio. I promise They're beautiful. you that. I yeah. brush them every day. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I wonder how much time we have left in this segment. I wanted to uh, read off the championships that Sue Bird has won in her career. Should I read off the championships yeah, that Sue yeah, Bird this has, is, this is really interesting. has won in her career? It's, it's amazing. 1995, Sue Bird won the Empire State Games. <laughs> in 97, she won New York City High School Championship and the State Championship. In 98, she won the City High School Championship and the State Championship. In 98, she also won the National High School Championship. In 1999, Sue Bird won the Big East Championship. She also won it again in 2000. She won the NCAA Championship in 2000, along with the Jones Cup. Don't even know what that is. The Big East <laughs> Championship in 01 and 02. And in 2002, she won her second NCAA Championship. She also won a World Challenge that year and the Worlds. We only have three minutes in the segment because I have a few more of these I need to read. These are Sue Bird's championships. I've just read 12 and we're not halfway done. Don't forget her first gold medal back in Greece in 2004. 07, she won the Russian League and the Euro League and the FIBA Americas. In 08, she won the Russian League, the Euro League, the Olympics, the FIBA Diamond Ball. I don't know what that is. Is that a Rihanna fundraiser? In 2009, she won the Euro League, the Achtenberg Invitational. Love to get that on a promotional t-shirt. 2010, she won the Euro League, the W, the Worlds. In 12, she won the Russian League again. I've lost count. In 12, she won the London Olympics. In 13 and 14, back-to-back Russian League titles. Follow that up with a world title in 14. I'm still reading Sue Bird's accomplishments. I'm running out of breath. I'm Mr. <laughs> Testaverde on Saved by the Bell. In 16, she wins the Olympics in Rio. In 18, gets another WNBA championship. In 18, wins the world. In 2020, wins the WNBA championship. And right now, she just won her fifth gold medal in Tokyo. There will never be another Sue Bird. It's a lot of winning. I just Jeez. want to talk about like what happened in 05 and 06 where she just won nothing. Like can we can we really pinpoint down what was going on she was in her slacking, life? Clearly. Like pick up the pace, Sue. The, like the come Brockman on. The Brockman Hall of Fame <laughs> is so hard to get into. Sue Bird sits down in I front of the selection yeah. committee and she rolls out, "These are my championships. Would you like Russian League titles? I have 5. How about gold medals? You want high school? You want state? You want nationals? What do you want?" Brockman goes, man, I want to ask you about 2005. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's harder to get into, Brockman's Hall of Fame or Adele Tufo birthday party, because right. both of those are exclusive clubs. Or on my boat. Oh, that's true. The, the boat, because the none boat of us have been except Adam, of all people. Oh, yeah. Twice. I mean, Subert, one of the great, great athletes and Olympians of wow. our time. That's phenomenal incredible. Career, Unbelievable. Take yeah. a moment to acknowledge the greatness. Diana Taurasi as well. Insane. Like Those two just absolute legends. One of the great one of the great stories in all of basketball is the two of them playing over in Russia and the things that they experienced and yeah. just the amount of the, the, the fact that it took a Russian oligarch to pay them what they're worth <laughs> to play. They would go I, all the way to Russia to work for some guy who was like murdered by the KC uh, the KBG. Like that's who 
That's who took care of women's basketball. I'd never heard that word until Saturday when Ben told oligarch. me oligarch. I was like, what is that? What's an oligarch? Yeah, things, things were getting crazy there at uh, Stella Barra, you know? You On top there. of the table, screaming about <laughs> oligarchs and five-time gold medalists. I thought oligarch was like some new like underground club you guys went to after hours. You're going to see TJ come in tomorrow with a fresh pair of the oligarchs. There's a new shoe from <laughs> Oligarch Nike. 3's. Drop. Yeah, one of ones. Oh, man, we got Kendrick Perkins. He's an oligarch. We got him calling in next. I want some scrambled All right, so remember how pizza. before, guys, I was telling yeah. you, you know, I am really dedicated nice to my craft when it comes to shooting things into the crowd at NBA games. Yes, you know, you so much so, my work in New York was honored out here on the West Coast. Have you guys ever seen this, this footage? It's rare footage from the archives that we're able to pull up. I think we have it here. This is some behind the scenes. This is a grown man shooting hot dogs into the crowd at Staples you? Center. Are you in the hot dog? Uh, as you can see, someone has not been on the court in an NBA game <laughs> too often. Wow. But uh, pretty far up there. <laughs> what are we doing? Gonna, What's happening? Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, that's it. If, I'm if you ate a hot dog that fell in your lap at a Clipper game, would you eat it? No, absolutely you not. You wouldn't 100% eat. if it was wrapped. Yeah, if it was wrapped. If it was wrapped. If this guy shot a hot dog 100%. into the crowd. I'd imagine they'd take him right off the grill, wrap exactly. him and stick him in stick the gun. Stick him in and shoot him. Wrap him in a t-shirt and you shoot him up there. 100% I'd eat it. I remember wrapped once going to a Wizards game and they had burritos attached to parachutes and they would come down from That's the sky. That's a great idea. So you could see your burrito coming from the sky. I like great. that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Brockman, the idea Pass that there are burrito. meetings and memos and emails <laughs> that people are CC yes, on. Right. Yes. About like, we're hey, gonna do so, a burrito drop. Yeah, so we're going to do a burrito night. What if we just have them drop out of a, 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 a balloon that's being driven by a millennial with a remote control? They're not wrapped tight enough to start <laughs> leaking as they're floating down. What, you know, one of that the could be a disaster. Sitting in your chair. Yeah. And there's... <laughs> Black one bean juice. Is extra. One of the funniest things I ever saw, Ben, I mentioned this a few months ago on the show these guys. I was in a Clipper game a few years ago. Paul McCartney was in the stands. And Paul McCartney, you would have never guessed it was Paul McCartney. They play his music. He was show him on the big screen. He's dancing. He's jumping up and down trying to catch the T-shirt. Like, you would have thought, like... He was just a normal dude the way he was like jumping over people trying to catch this, these T-shirts. It's incredible. Like, Paul McCartney could buy the Staples Center, and yet he's having more fun than anyone in the Staples Paul Center. Paul McCartney, right you could be a season ticket holder. You could be a diehard. Just, who wants a free T-shirt? Everyone wants a free <laughs> I mean, T-shirt. People go crazy for right? those things. So I'm crazy. saying, Mike, he could, he could buy them. Staples, and all he wanted was this $10 T-shirt. I get it. I feel for him. <laughs> he said, drive me guy. crazy as a Knicks fan. And another turnover off the foot of Gallinari. It's New Jersey's ball. Timeout. <laughs> hey, who wants a free T-shirt? The Knicks are down 20. <laughs> and everyone goes I'll tell you nuts. what I'll do with that T-shirt. Yeah. Kendrick Perkins up next.